0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in partnership with Broadway Sports Media and 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. With me as always, Justin Mello. Here to recap a sixth, six consecutive <laughs> Titans loss, although we kind of all saw this one coming. Justin, how's it going?
1: Doing well. Um, it's a sixth straight loss, as you said. That's ultimately a difficult pill to swallow right when you take the big picture point of view but for some reason i feel slightly more optimistic coming out of this one as opposed to the last few i
0: i think the titans were a lot more competitive in this game than i was expecting maybe than a lot of people were expecting when they when they made i mean they cut the lead down and made it a game there in the second half 17 to 13 But things got away from them from that point. Final score, 27-13. And the big storyline coming out of this game, we touched on this a little bit on our preview show, how the Titans would likely rest a bunch of starters. They certainly did that. But I don't know. I mean, there was a lot of confusion, at least on Twitter when it came out, with Malik Willis. Was he being rested or was he being benched? And the news broke that Joshua Dobbs would get the start. And when I say the news broke... I mean, our very own Justin Mello broke the news, was getting out there, shouted out by Tom Pellicero, Adam Schefter, all the big guns on Twitter. We're crediting you for breaking this story. Do you want to tell the listeners how you got that nugget, if you're allowed to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, no, I mean, I'm not going to go too much into that, right? A, guy, a guy's always going to protect his sources. But um, I, I had a little inkling that it was a possibility um, in, in all honesty, I'd be lying if I said it was something I had worked on all week. And that's not to be cocky, It's just that I, I just hadn't, right? And, and shout out to your cat, I think, that just walked in the background of, of your picture. So was that a dog?
0: That was a little puppy.
1: Awfully strange-looking dog, but the little shout out to the little puppy that just walked in. Uh, no, in all honesty, it wasn't something that I had been working on all week, I'm not going to lie. But once I, I started to get an inkling that maybe it was a possibility, um I, I started to make some phone calls and, and work multiple sources that i have at my disposal all of this happened yesterday uh being sorry being thursday the day the morning of the game the day that i broke the news it all happened within 30 40 minutes in all honesty like i just said yeah, you know what maybe i should i should kind of look into if there's more to this possibility and uh within maybe even less than 30 minutes i had enough confirmation that this was the case this was going to be Josh Dobbs starting at quarterback, and I, I was I was really shocked in all honesty that it wasn't already out there, uh, based on when I learned it and, and said, "Hey, this is probably a pretty good opportunity for me to put this out there, and uh, you know, perhaps you know, get some, you know, a little credit, a little appreciation for it." I mean, it took off beyond my wildest dreams, right? I, I think within five minutes, I knew that this thing was going to explode for me, right? Once I saw again guys like Adam Schefter and Tom Pilicero giving me credit and, and shout out to them because in all honesty I'm gonna say two things about this they should give me credit um, but it's not something people in this industry always do unfortunately right, right? Like, uh, it, it all in all honesty and I, I you know I, I don't know them personally I've got nothing bad to say about them because I don't know them but um, it wouldn't have shocked me, being in this business, if they had just corroborated it through their own sources and just reported it as if it was their own. That that would not have surprised me. So for them to go out of you know to, to go out of their way and and give the proper credit as they should, I did appreciate that because this business can be pretty ugly. There's a lot of you know jealousy and, and hatred involved when it comes to the source game. In all honesty, and it's a game I've decided to, to take part in at time. And I know it, what comes with that territory. So I'm never like the NFL network, for example, they were reporting it live on television and they didn't give me credit. Right. They gave right. credit to the guys who gave me credit in their tweets. Right. It was pretty, pretty funny, but I, none of, again, none of that surprised me. And I shot Tom Pilicero a nice message thanking him uh, for shooting me credit. And he responded immediately saying, of course, you know, and what a great scoop on your end. So Appreciate those guys for doing the job the way it's supposed to be done, uh, first and foremost. But uh, I was happy for Josh, uh, a great kid, a smart kid. Obviously, uh, I'm sure if you watched the game, everyone was aware of uh, you know uh, that he played at the University of Tennessee and and the. And the the, what he enrolled in, right, his major and then the science, the certified scientist that he is, an incredibly bright guy. I, I, I didn't know initially that this was his first career start. Like even when I broke the news, he's been around so long, I, I didn't realize this was the first one. I mean, what a, what a special moment for him and his family who, as you saw, made the trip down to Nashville sort of um, in, in, under difficult circumstances. So it was great that they were in attendance. I was very happy to have broken the news. Certainly, I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't. I think the tweet did more than like 2.7 million impressions. Certainly, the most I've broken a lot, you know, a decent amount of things throughout my career. If you followed me, 53 man roster news, I'm always all over. UDFA news for the Titans, I'm always all over. uh, Pre draft visits is a thing that I've had access to for several years. Uh, But none of it has exploded like this. Certainly, the most viral, uh, you know, biggest tweet and scoop of my career.
0: Yeah. Congrats to you. And uh really cool to see how that unfolded crazy that Josh Dobbs. I mean, that, that was the big story of this game. Josh Dobbs played well. And I agree. I didn't also didn't realize it was, he had never started a game. He was with the Steelers for so long. This is his sixth season in the NFL. And they went through a lot of QB turmoil after big Ben. I mean, throughout his injuries his last couple of years, and then trying to replace him with all the guys, Mason Rudolph and everyone that they've thrown out there. It's pretty surprising Dobbs never got to start, but he started in this game and he actually looked fairly comfortable running the Titans offense, which I don't think anyone expected. He's been in the building for, had been in the building eight days when they played this game and he was out there making checks at the line, canning play calls and, and going to the second option. And he just looked like a lot more professional version of the quarterback the Titans have been searching for. He looked better than Logan Woodside ever looked and leaps and bounds better than Malik Willis has looked this year. Dobbs finished the game with 232 yards passing. Malik Willis has played in seven games this year and has 276 yards passing. That's 44 more yards in six more games. So obviously he hasn't started and played in all those games. Even Ryan Tannehill is averaging 211 yards per game and, and he... You know, he left early in a couple of games to drive against the Chargers, sat down early against the Bills and and the Eagles. But that's crazy that Josh Jobs was so productive in his first start.
1: I thought he looked good, in all honesty. I thought he looked like a competent backup quarterback. In all honesty, right. And, and, and in, in the interest of fairness, I don't know that you can say the same thing for Malik Willis right now. Right. Again, a guy that's, you know, we knew he was raw coming out of college. He needed further seasoning. Um, and he very clearly requires uh, some time on the bench to sit learn the game a bit better, learn this playbook a bit better, master the offense, begin trusting what he's seeing, delivering the ball on time, efficient, efficiently, getting the team in and out of the huddle, really just what it takes to command an NFL offense. I thought Josh Dobbs did all of those things at at, at the desired level, at a high level for a backup quarterback. Now, when you factor in, he only got to Nashville, what, eight days before the game, and found out he was going to be starting this game four or five days after he arrived in town. It, it really is astounding, right? That he came in and looked as good as he did. Um, I think he's got to be your quarterback going. Well, there forward, you go. Right?
0: Th- that leads me to my to the big yeah. question that I think everyone is going to be discussing for the next week and a half is Malik Willis, was he sat out to protect his health for week 18 or was this a a the tryout essentially to see if Josh Dobbs should be your quarterback for week 18? Based on what you've seen from both quarterbacks this season, who do you think has the best chance to lead the Titans to a week 18 win? Is it Dobbs who just got there or is it the rookie Malik Willis?
1: I think it's pretty clear after what you saw on Thursday that it's Josh Dobbs, right? Uh, We we talked about... Um, the efficiency, the passing game numbers. The, I mean, I thought he hung tough in the pocket on multiple occasions, delivered good balls. He showed a willingness to test tight windows, test coverage. That 39-yard completion to Racy Math on third down blew my mind. In all yeah. honesty, that touchdown pass to Robert Woods, uh, he had a clean pocket. He had good protection, but I appreciated, again, that he kind of hung in the pocket. He didn't bail early. He didn't show happy feet. Uh, he found Robert Woods underneath the coverage. Looks like maybe a bit of a miscue Communication on the back end by the Cowboys secondary. But the point is he identified that in a timely manner, got the ball out to Robert Woods, uh, who scored a touchdown. And that, and that was the one you referred to earlier when he cut the lead down to 17-13 in the dying minutes of the third quarter. It, they, they were competitive. They made this thing a game uh, despite resting all those starters. So I think it has to be Josh Dobbs in Week 18 against the Jags for everything he showed. He's going to get Derrick Henry back for that game. He's going to get a couple other, you know, certainly big defensive pieces in that game, he'll have more help defensively than he did on Thursday. I, I think, look, there's a decision that has to be made. I think it's it should be Josh Dobbs. We'll see which way the staff leans. When I reported the, the news that Dobbs was going to be starting, you may have noticed I didn't lean one way or the other that this was yeah. either a benching for, for Malik Willis, or this was Malik Willis being rested. In all honesty, I, I didn't have a clear-cut answer on that, nor did I, I think I really needed one. The important thing was to focus on Josh Dobbs and the opportunity that, that he was being rewarded with. I think if you listen to Mike Vrabel in his post-game conf- press conference on Thursday, and then you watched um, Friday morning's co- uh, media meeting as well, I thought this was pretty clear that this was an uh, audition for Josh Dobbs. I don't know that you can call it a straight- benching per se, but I do feel it was an audition for Dobbs to see which quarterback gives us the best chance in Week 18. So I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I don't necessarily think it was we're benching him, we're totally unhappy with him, or that it was uh, we're resting Malik Willis because we need to protect him and his health for Week 18. This was uh, in the middle of that. Let's see what Josh Dobbs gives us. Malik clearly is is still raw in some areas. Does Dobbs give us a better opportunity to win in Week 18? And I think that answer is now a resounding yes.
0: Yeah. And it's not like Dobbs was perfect. I mean, he had no. a couple of misses. He missed one. He threw low early on to Austin Hooper over the middle. That could have been a big gain. He had another one, I think to Austin Hooper, uh, towards the sideline that he kind of overshot. He had a couple of throws that could have been interceptions, but he also didn't get a lot of help from his receivers. Traylon Burks with a very uncharacteristic drop where he looked like he never really saw the ball coming in. Robert Woods had a terrible drop where he definitely should have Robert Woods, man. I know he scored a touchdown. He had a couple nice catches in this game, but what a disappointment he's been. But anyway, Dobbs, I mean, he looked good with his legs too. He's an athletic guy. He can run this offense. You know, he's got the mobility that Tannehill has, that Willis has, but a better awareness of when to keep the ball and when to run with it. And I thought, you know, he only carried the ball, what, two or three times in this game. But at least, you know, he looked pretty good while while running it. He had uh, finished with three carries for 12 yards and another like 11 to 12 yard gain that got called back for a Traylon Burks hold. So it's not like he's a perfect quarterback by any means, but... When you compare him to what we've seen behind Ryan Tannehill over the last, not just this season, but even going back Logan Woodside, who's, you know, got all the cerebral ability, but doesn't have the arm to play NFL quarterback. I think Dobbs is a, you know, a competent backup that could not only have earned the right to start week 18, but could potentially earn a roster spot with this Titans team going into next season, or at least a chance to compete for the backup job with probably Malik Willis in camp next year.
1: Yeah, I want to make a couple of points on that. Number one, you're, I mean, you're right. It wasn't perfect, right? He did throw an interception. And on that play, it was a second half. It was a late fourth quarter interception, right? When they were trying to mount an unlikely comeback. You're trying to push the ball down the field. Up. That, it didn't surprise me that that happened. But I did yeah. think on that play, he had an opportunity to maybe take off and pick up a couple yards with his legs, as opposed to trying to uh, force that ball towards the sideline. He fumbled twice, right, and, and yeah. lost one of them. Uh, Trayvon Diggs dropped an interception that may have been a pick six. In all honesty, if he catches it, so no, it wasn't perfect, and that's why I want to be careful to not necessarily overrate the performance because your expectations may have been so low, you know, for him going into it. But I would agree uh, with what I said earlier and with what you just said that he was he looked like a competent backup NFL quarterback. Like if you were to stack up backup quarterbacks around the league right now, and I say this all the time, there's a bit of a pandemic around the league with backup quarterbacks. A lot of teams do not have good, desirable situations. I would say if you were to stack up all 32 of them, and based on what you saw from Josh Dobbs last night, he probably lands at least somewhere in the middle, right? As the 12th, 13th, or 14th best backup quarterback. And and, and that's more, again, than you've gotten from Malik Willis, right, in in, in recent games. So. I think that's important. But I also think on the flip side, I, I wanna continue complimenting him here. I thought the operation looked cleaner. You talked about the athletic ability. I thought he looked considerably more comfortable rolling out to his left, to his right, making throws on the move. I thought the process was cleaner on RPO-based, zone-based options, right? You talked about tucking and running. Some of those handoffs where you know, you're, you're sticking them into the belly of the running back and then whether you're pulling them or not. I thought that just looked better with him, right? Than it's looked with Malik Willis. Every time Malik runs that play, I've been worried there's going to be a fumble, right? And we've seen some of those uh, exchanges, as we've mentioned on this show, with Malik Willis where that ball has ended up on the ground. So overall, I I thought he looked good. And uh, I I do really expect him to be the starting quarterback in Week 18 against Jacksonville. That's not based on any report that I have or or any inside information as of now, um, as of the recording of this episode here on Friday. Uh, But I, I, I do think based on the eye test, uh, this decision should be a relatively straightforward one. And, and you talked about some of the guys that were out. You're you're going to get them back. As you said, Derrick Henry, I can't wait to see what, the, what this backfield looks like with Josh Dobbs and Derrick Henry in it again. And, and one thing I haven't seen mentioned enough, by the way, is they've got 10 days off in between games, right? Josh Dobbs is going to be – should be more comfortable if he gets right. to start of Week 18. You talk about a guy that learned he was starting – Three or four days into his tenure in Nashville, he's only been here eight nine days in total. It's gonna you're gonna have double the amount of time, or right? you're gonna have ten days right to potentially know you're the starter for this game. You're gonna double the amount of time you've been in Nashville. He's only gonna get more comfortable from here.
0: Yeah, and that's great news for the Titans' playoff chances. If you're one of the people that still wants the Titans to make the playoffs, I know I've gone a little back and forth on this show after last night. I want this team to make the playoffs. I think they could do something. I mean they're not going to win the Super Bowl with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. I mean, probably unless they get extremely lucky and fluky, but he could potentially beat a a struggling Baltimore Ravens team in the playoffs or or a Los Angeles Chargers team that the Titans almost had, you know, a win against a couple of weeks ago. I think Josh Dobbs would have beat Kansas City this season if if he was playing a set of Malik Willis with the run game operating the way it was with the with the defense playing well and you're going to get all those I mean, you would Expect, we'll get into this on the preview show next week, but you would expect guys like Christian Fulton to be back for this game, guys who have missed a lot of time. David Long will be eligible to come back off of IR. You'll have, you know, obviously, D'Anico Autry, Amani Hooker. um, And then, how about Thursday? Jeffrey Simmons. and I want to get to the defensive side of the ball, but before we do, I I quickly want to shout out the offensive line that played in this game. Corey Levin started at center, Jordan Roos at guard, LaRaven Clark at right tackle, Aaron Brewer um, was out there at at left guard for the majority of the game. He he did have some other guys come in, Xavier Newman-Johnson and Zach Johnson, is that his name? Um, Zach
1: Johnson and Xavier Newman-Johnson played the final four snaps on offense.
0: Right. When uh, Jonathan Ward had those, you know, basically just let's get out of this game. We're not going to win it. And then Dennis Daly, obviously out there at left tackle. Can I just say Dennis Daly playing with uh, three backups next to him was the worst offensive lineman in this game? <laughs> like on both teams. He was horrible. He two false starts on fourth down. How, how does that even happen? And and just getting completely destroyed by Micah Parsons, who he does that to all, everybody. But and we expected it. But I mean.
1: And in all honesty, I'm sorry. Is it bad that I almost. Like, the false starts are inexcusable, can't happen. Is it bad that I almost had lower expectations? Like, I thought this was going to be, like, he's going to give up three or four sacks.
0: Well, that's what I wanted to say. This this offensive line playing with a patchwork group of guys, I mean, it really was like a preseason game, the way you just had all these backups out there playing together who don't really play together in games ever. And they only gave up two sacks. Um... They did a pretty decent, I mean, Josh Dobbs had some fairly clean pockets in this game, cleaner than we've seen in a lot of Titans games this year. And it really makes you wonder, I mean, Nicholas petit Frere could probably be back for next week's game. Obviously, you won't have Ben Jones or Nate Davis, but do you roll with petit Frere? It's not like LaRaven Clark was good at right tackle. I mean, he was constantly getting beat around the edge, but just like as a group, the fact that these guys played better together than most of the season we've seen from the starting offensive line, I don't know. It's another decision question that'll be hanging in the air this week.
1: Yeah, I think you have to go back to Petit Friere at right tackle. I, I would be surprised if they didn't. I think the concerning thing here is you talked about it being almost like a preseason game, a backup offensive line. Chances are the other four starters are going to be the same, right? You're still going to have Corey Levin at center, Jordan Ruse at guard. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Brewer, of course, and you'll probably have fatigue, uh, sorry Dennis Daly at left tackle again, in my opinion, based on the way Mike Vrabel answered questions on Friday. Uh, it, to me, I'm I'm, I'm reading this right. It's a it's an estimate it's an estimation, but I didn't get the feeling that they're probably going to look at LeRaven Clark or even Zach Johnson at left tackle, who played the last four snaps um at yeah, at yeah. left tackle replacing Daly. But uh, another point I, I want to quickly make, uh, yeah, I, I thought like that Austin Hooper one you, you talked about earlier was low. I I. Thought Thought Hooper's got to catch it. I thought it was a drop. I thought yeah. Robert Woods had a drop. I thought Traylon Burks had a bad. Like those were three bad drops. Two of them occurred on third down um, and, and forced punts. And I think the Hooper one occurred right before the Woods one. So there was two opportunities to move the chains there on that drive that resulted in drops and an ensuing punt. So I, I thought they have to. That they certainly have to help Josh Dobbs a bit more than they did on Thursday.
0: Yeah. Overall, though, a a pretty good game. Despite that drop from Traylon Burks, it's good to see the rookie coming on. Chigaquanco had two really early catches that were you know, pretty nice plays. These guys continue to develop. It's nice to see the rookies getting some run. And then we saw Hassan Haskins get the most run he's had yet as a Titans player. He didn't have a lot of space to work with. He had a couple tough runs. But how about that fourth and one where he just bowled through Demarcus Lawrence? I mean... Nothing against Derrick Henry, who's the king and amazing, and his stiff arm is is all-powerful. But even Derrick Henry doesn't often put a shoulder through somebody. I mean, when Derrick Henry sheds contact, it's like he's pushing them off with his hands. How about Hassan Haskins lowering the shoulder to fight for the needed yard to keep that drive going? That was an incredible play by him. And I think that's where his biggest strength is going to be is in the short yardage. But, you know, it wasn't a super productive game from him overall. Finished with 12 carries for 40 yards, only 3.3 yards per carry. Didn't do a whole lot to set up Dobbs for, you know, success on in like second and third and shorts. But that play stands out to me as a, a great run by Haskins.
1: It was an incredible play. I thought for sure he had been stopped in the backfield there. I was I was really stunned by the individual effort for him to move the chains. And then you got Ju- uh, Julius Chestnut as well, who who came in and had that big gain on the screen, right? It was like a 40-yard gain. So both of them made their contributions here and there in, in lieu uh, of the King. And I, I want to add one thing I, I remembered a point I wanted to make earlier. Remember what I said last week when, when we talked about them making the playoffs or a draft pick? I said, I still want to I want them to win the division. I want them to make the playoffs. I think they can beat the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson has missed 11 consecutive practices now. The Ravens have had vi- several uninspiring victories or uninspiring losses they've had both really over this last month lamar looks like is not going to play this weekend once again i imagine they're going to try to get him back for week 18 and ramp up the period but this is a struggling team that's not very good uh, i question what what it's going to look like when lamar gets back what kind of rust there is to shake off there there's still a one dimensional offense i said it last week you remember i did i said i want them to win the division i want them to, to have a first round matchup with the baltimore ravens wouldn't be shocked me if they can win. wouldn't shock me if they could win that game I still I feel just as good about that now after seeing Josh Dobbs play quarterback on Thursday I don't remember if you were on the same page with me when I said it last week but it sounds like you're in agreement now
0: I am after seeing that game last night because this team impressed me. And let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Got to start with Kevin Byard, who had an unbelievable game playing with a bunch of backups all around him. Obviously the first interception was a right place, right time heads up play as Peyton Hendershot just bobbled a a catch. He obviously should have made, but the second interception in man-to-man coverage on Dalton Schultz, jumping the route, reading Dak Prescott. It reminded me, I mean, totally different concept because he was in man coverage instead of zone, but it, reminded me a bit of the pick six he had against the Rams last year, just in terms of eyes on the quarterback and and breaking on the ball at the right time. Obviously, again, he was in man to man coverage on Schultz on that play, but right in his hip pocket and ready to jump the route. So Kevin Byard in a national game had a chance to have his name called and, and get a little bit of national love in that primetime spotlight. I love seeing that for a guy who has been playing good football this year on a team that, The defense has mostly played well in in a lot of games and the offense has really been letting them down. So good for Kevin Bayard playing a great game amidst a a secondary full of backups, really. Can't
1: say enough good things about Kevin Bayard, one of the greatest Titans of all time, certainly of this era. Like every defensive player that I thought was going to sit out this game did, right? That was, I I figured they would sit Jeffrey Simmons and Dina Kolatry. They would sit... um, Uh, Zach Cunningham and Bud Dupree, who ended up on season ending IR, by the way, they would sit Amani Hooker and Christian Fulton. And I I don't think I'm missing anyone. And, and, you know, David Long would remain on IR. Um, I wondered what they would do with Kevin Byard. I I don't know that they have enough players, in in all honesty, to sit him. I mean, they did, right? They could have played uh, Joshua Kalou a, a bit more, Andrew Adams a bit more, Lonnie Johnson, like they might have found a way to, to, to do that, to sit Kevin Byard if they wanted to. But I got the impression Byard probably had a conversation with the coaching staff and said, I don't want to sit this game right I, I want to play if I'm available I always want to play and he was terrific two interceptions two big takeaways let's be this is what kept the Titans in this game for most of it right they three oh, yeah. turnovers defensively and I will say I wasn't shocked that the defense put forth a, a relatively decent performance despite missing all those guys because of, of course we, we have a high opinion of Kevin Byard but I also like T.R. Tart and Mario Edwards Jr. and Demarcus Walker and Jack Gibbons and Monty Rice I think have been playing good football lately as well I, I think think you miss the secondary guys more than anything, in all honesty, because, you know, guys like Trey Avery were really out there taking their bumps and bruises. And you miss Omani Hooker. You miss David Long. But I think yeah. a lot of those uh, d- defensive linemen, I thought Mario Edwards was terrific. He was. Thursday, especially in the run game. They called his name a bunch. Defeating blocks up front, getting pressure on the quarterback. Demarcus Walker has been a good player for them all year long. T.R. Tart comes up with a big turnover. Again, not surprising the way he's played all year. So I thought people were maybe going to be underrating this group of defensive players. I like Joshua Kalou and Lonnie Johnson. I, I really do. I think they've played good football when their numbers been called upon. But I do think it, it changes things up next. Next week, if you are able to get and expecting you are getting Jeffrey Simmons, uh, Amani Hooker, Dina Kowatri, Christian Fulton, David Long, like those are five of your best defensive players, really, right? Just outside of, of Kevin Byard. So uh, I think people are underrating this defense right now, and we'll get more into this uh, on the preview next week. But this is still a defense that uh, held a bunch of opponents to 20 points or less. Even recently uh, during this losing streak, they held the Bengals to 20. They held the Chargers to, uh, I believe, 17. You saw what they did against the Packers, the Broncos. Uh, things. Am I? Am I? You gave me a face there. Am I wrong on uh, one of those? No,
0: you might be right. Hang on, let me check it. I think you. think right, the Chargers actually. game was 17,
1: 14. Was it not? Yep,
0: yeah, it was. yeah.
1: And the Bengals game was
0: 20 to 16.
1: Right. Yep. So, and with Josh Texans, with, yeah. Texans Tex-
0: scored 19. I mean, obviously they're not a great team, but they scored only 19.
1: That's another one I want sorry, That's I think a point I forgot to make earlier. You said this team probably beats the Kansas City Chiefs with Josh Dobbs at quarterback. They almost certainly beat the Texans in that game as well with Josh Dobbs at quarterback, in my opinion. So if this defense comes in and, and holds the Jags to, you know, uh, 20 points around that same mark they're capable of, then I think a Josh Dobbs uh, and Derrick Henry led offense can score 20 to 23 points, uh, you know, potentially.
0: Yeah, I mean, my my opinion, it's funny that a 14 point loss has re like reaffirmed confidence in this team for me. I don't think that's ever happened, but I really do feel a lot better about this team after this, after last night's game than I did before it. And I, I think they have a chance, a pretty decent chance to beat Jacksonville, especially getting all these guys back. They had a chance to win this game. I think the things that killed them, obviously the turnovers were huge to keep them in it, what killed them more than anything was penalties. And it was a 51-yard pass interference on third and 19. It was the, I mean, a lot of pass interference penalties, honestly. And it, a little thing that irked me, you get like four or five pass interference penalties against the Titans in this game. And then Traylon Burks is like grabbed by the arm and pulled down yep. before the ball arrives. And they decide, uh, we're just going to let that one play. Like, yep. I get it. It's, a, it's an inconsistent game. But that one bo- bothered me even if it, I don't know if the Titans would have won if they flew the flag there, but they would have been set up at the five yard line or so. And it would have been a big, a big deal. So basically what brutal. happened when Trey Avery like, tackled, uh, or grabbed Michael Gallup around the waist, but like with the ball, not even close to him, just a panic play by a young undrafted rookie. I mean, he held his own for the most part. He had a couple of nice, PBUs um but yeah he did mostly get torched I guess by CD lamb who finished with 11 catches for 100 yards Michael Gallup 3 for 39 TY Hilton four catches for 50 yards and TY Hilton has just made a career out of you know abusing the Titans and the Texans throughout his lifetime and he's so you know what what else is new but I think the defense put forth a great effort for being so shorthanded. And I don't know, that's basically all the thoughts I have on this game. We'll get more into everything next week. But is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Maybe hit our beef of the week as we close this episode?
1: Yeah, let's get into beef of the week as we get ready to close out here. Mine is going to be pretty straightforward. I hope I don't ruffle too many feathers. But uh, the amount of people I saw on Twitter, Titans fans, and I'm I'm not calling out any names because in all honesty, I, I couldn't tell you who. Uh, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just I'm, I'm not I'm not you know paying that close attention to to the takes. But the amount of people that thought there was some sort of conspiracy against Malik Willis and 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 the playbook was different under Josh Dobbs, it, it was ridiculous. And I thought it was so ironic that the same people that have been begging Todd Downing to be fired all year long, two years uh, straight, essentially all of a sudden swore he's Kyle Shanahan with the play calling all like he's the greatest play caller in the NFL because he hates Malik Willis and he likes Josh Dobbs what an absolutely ridiculous take you know what if they called the game any differently which by the way I'm not convinced they did it's because they had a lot more faith in Josh Dobbs at quarterback right and they and they felt he was capable of doing everything that you and I said he's capable of doing on this episode a smoother process getting in and out of the playbook getting in and out of the huddle efficiently like They didn't call the game any differently. Josh Dobbs is just a better quarterback right now than Malik Willis is. And he's supposed to be right. Like that's not a shot at Malik Willis. Malik was super raw coming out. As we said, Josh Dobbs has been in the league for six years. And we talked again about the, the you know, the, the degree that he got at the university of Tennessee. He's an incredibly smart kid that understands the game of football at an extremely high level. So I'm not surprised things look better with Josh Dobbs at the helm. In fact, I expected it. I said early in one of our group chats, I said it that morning, right. That you were in, I don't know if you saw, but I said, I go, I think things are going to look better with Josh Dobbs at quarterback and a couple people thought I was nuts and ended up having to apologize to me after the game. Uh, I'll I'll take that W all day long, but that's my beef of the week. If you thought there's some sort of conspiracy against Malik Willis or they're calling the game differently, Todd Downing and Mike Rabel hate Malik Willis, but they like Josh Dobbs. What an absolutely ridiculous take to have. This is just a matter of Josh Dobbs being a more prepared quarterback to play at this point in time.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with your beef of the week presented by the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden. The best beef burgers, veggie burgers, and brats and local brews that you will find in Nashville. I'm so with you on this one. I'm not going to name any names either, but you have people on Twitter tweeting things like this franchise is completely lost. It's time to nail the foundation to the ground and drop a nuke on the Tennessee Titans after the Josh Dobbs decision was announced. And then, you know, a few hours later tweeting, I'm sold. Josh Dobbs can lead this team to a division title in week 18. Literally the same person tweeted both of those things. Um, and that's just kind of what's gonna happen, I guess, when you have an overreactive fan base. Like everyone basically has an over overreact- every team's fan base is pretty overreactive. But I am I like it's just annoying the way that people flip on a dime because they thought Malik Willis was gonna be something, you know, their preseason expectations and their draft night expectations of what Malik Willis could be. You gotta throw all that out the window once you've seen him play seven games and he's just been nothing but bad for seven games, and he's made like three good throws in that entire time and had like one good run. Josh Dobbs had more good throws in one game last night than Malik Willis has made on the season, and uh, he's going to be your your Titans quarterback in Week 18. Anything else you want to say about this game before we get out of here?
1: You heard it here first. Breaking news from Graver. Um,
0: <laughs> I think I think it's pretty obvious, honestly. I don't think there's going to be much much debate about it.
1: I, I would think so as well, but you know we're not the ones making this decision, so we'll we'll see what the thought process is like whenever that's announced. No, I think that pretty much does it. Uh, covers the, the entire game, offense and defense. A little bit of we're rejuvenated. we got a bit more energy heading into week 18. You and I will be back next week with one episode, of course, to preview that Jaguars game. It's do or die, division title on the line. It's, it's, it's the most important game of the season. It might be the last game of the regular season in the NFL, right, as we await to hear which game is being flexed into the Sunday night primetime spot. I imagine it's going to be the Titans game, but I guess there's a possibility of a Saturday flex. Flex as well, which I would find pretty odd, but we'll see. Uh, no, that, that's going to do it. We'll be back with a terrific guest to preview that game. It's such an important game. I'm excited to have our friend John Tripley on the show next.
0: Me too. he'll be returning to the pod and uh, hopefully it's not our last game preview of the season hopefully, hopefully we get to not. preview at least one playoff game alright that'll do it for the Music City Audible thanks to everyone for listening it's been a long year with lots of ups and downs but hopefully we can end this thing on and up we will be back next week as Justin said to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars AFC South Championship game for the between the Jags and the Titans um, follow Justin on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL follow me at Titans Film Room thanks again to the pharmacy burger parlor and beer garden and check out broadwaysportsmedia.com where you could become a broadway insider
1: yeah become a broadway insider today it's $6.99 a month You could use the code INSIDER to get your first month for just $0.99 or use the code ANNUAL uh, for for, a total of $49.99 for your first year. Lots of great uh, benefits to becoming a Broadway Insider. We've got the Mike Herndon Show uh, behind the table. That's a weekly video show going out every week with your favorite Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon. That's obviously a big perk to becoming a Broadway Insider. You get early access to some of the podcasts. Uh, a lot of written content behind that paywall. Whether that written content comes from me, it comes from Zach at uh, Pod. Uh, it's coming from Easton. There's a lot of content coming your way if you're a Broadway insider. Become an insider today. You won't regret it.
0: And all the other content and podcasts that Broadway Sports Media has to offer. All right, that'll do it. Until next week, you guys stay safe out there and tighten up.